Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. Hi, good morning, church. I'm glad you are all here with us today. Thank you for being with us in the house of God today. We are happy to see so many of your faces and smiling faces. Smiling faces. There we go. All right, better. All right, so we're going to totally, we have our service today is going to be a totally different, knock you out of the ordinary, not going to be anything, and I mean Holy Spirit filled as well, but it's also going to be completely out of the usual as far as order of service and everything else, but so bear with us. We're going to, it's going to be a little bit different today. To start off with, our youth are getting ready to leave bright and early tomorrow morning to head down to Orlando to showcase their ministry talents. And we've got someone that's going to be singing. We have someone that's going to be doing a couple of sermons. We have someone that's done some fantastic artwork. I'm going to turn it around here so you can see it. That's a pencil drawing Miss Rachel did. And uh, so we'll show you their faces here, here shortly. Um, but today we wanted them to give the opportunity to show you what they're going to be showcasing, what they're going to be taking as the face of Bear Creek Assembly of God down to Orlando to minister. Not, they are going to be in a, a sort of competition where they're actually going to have professionals in the ministry area that they're going to be performing in front of, essentially, or practicing their arts in front of. That will give them critiques as to how to do better in their ministry. And that's important for us because we, we can help them some, but I don't know if you all have ever heard me sing. I don't sing. And so I can't critique them and I can't help them in that talent. So I am looking forward to taking them down there where they can hear from ministry professionals and their ministry that are top in their ministries and that can give them critique and help them to become better in everything that they do. So this morning you're going to hear a, a short sermon that's going to be a children's lesson to kick off the, 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 ser- the service today that Mr. Luke is going to be doing and he's going to be doing that for and entering into the children's ministry category with his short sermon for the kids. You ready Mr. Luke? All right. So he's going to be coming here, here in a moment and uh, going to be on deck. And he's going to present in the children's sermon, short sermon category. And then Mr. Gavin, Ms. Gra- accompanied by Miss Grace, are going to come up here. And he's going to be entering the um, worship solo. Is that right? Yep, worship solo category. And then Luke has a regular short sermon he'll be doing as well that's, that's focused more on the youth and adult range, um, age range. So if you would, make Mr. Luke welcome as he's coming, getting ready to come on up here. And uh, minister to us today. I like how y'all put me even higher up, up here. Okay, so, um, I'm Luke Garrett, for those of you who don't know, and um, the title of my sermon today, my kids' lesson rather, is um, God's Love is a Firm Foundation. Okay, so I'd like to first start out with asking, who likes to build with blocks? By a show of hands. Okay. So I have some building blocks here. And when I was a kid, I'd try building these tall towers, 
And there's always these two types of towers that I build. There is the wide, strong, and sturdy ones, like I'm trying to build now on this, this curb. Thank you. Thank you. So there's the wide, strong, sturdy ones, like I'm building here. They weren't necessarily tall, but they were strong. They were sturdy. They did what they had to do. They held up a lot of weight. And then the other type were the tall ones. So, <laughs> yeah. I had to practice many hours building this, so it took a, <laughs> took a lot, took a lot. So the one problem I had was this big tower I like to build, as, even though it was tall, it was fun to build. Um, it, was, it wasn't sturdy, it kept falling over. That was the only problem I had. But what I liked about the big one, the wide one, is it was very sturdy. It was very sturdy, it didn't fall down. and. Um, they never fell over on their own. So what makes these two towers so different is their foundation. So as you see, this blue block here, this blue block, it's short, skinny, and it's not holding well. But this block, this, this tower here, is held by a wide and a sturdy foundation. The tall tower may be tall, but the wide tower here has a sturdy foundation, and that's what makes it last. Just like the two towers foundation, we too can choose which foundation to build our lives upon. So in John 14, 6, Jesus speaks of himself like this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what Jesus is saying here is that he came to earth and died on the cross for us. Died on the cross for us so that we can live. In John 3, 16 explains why Jesus died on the cross, why he was sent to the earth. So it says here, God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. That's John 3.16. And that verse explains that Jesus is saying he's not, Jesus is saying the reason that God gave his one and only son is because he so loved the world. So God's love for us is why he sent his son to die for our sins. If we believe in him and follow him, we will not die, but we will live forever with him in heaven. And since love was, the, love was the reason that God sent his son down on the earth, love should be the reason that we live for him here on earth. So John, 1 John, 1 John 4, 6 says, So we know that God loves us. We depend on it. God is love. And anyone who leaves and lives a life of love is joined to God, and God is joined to them. So just like the Towers of Blocks, when we build our lives on a sturdy foundation, on the sturdy foundation of God's love, we ourselves will be living sturdily. But how do we do this? Because I can go on and I can explain how living our lives upon God's love will make our lives sturdy. But if I don't explain how to, then we're not getting anywhere. So not all of our, us are construction workers, so we can't just there's a house here here's a sturdy foundation to live on but there's one 
There's one builder who is sovereign over all, and there's one builder who can build our foundation, build our foundation to our lives. And so Jesus answers this question of how we build our lives on a sturdy foundation in John 15, 4. It says here, remain joined to me just as I remain joined to you. With those simple words, Jesus is explaining how we remain joined to him. We remain joined to him, and in that way, we build our lives on a sturdy foundation. Well, that's, I mean, that's really good news, but how do we remain joined to Jesus? How do we remain joined to him? The answer is the Bible, which is God's word, prayer, and praise. Those are the, it's the foundation of the Christian, Christian life. And we spend time with God by reading his word, by reading his word, praying to him, and praising him. We will remain joined to him like he willed for us, like he intended for us since the beginning. And the best way that I've found to do this is wake up in the morning, and the first thing I pray is, Jesus, help me to remain joined to you. So praying may seem a bit hard sometimes. Sometimes I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. But the thing is, prayer can't, doesn't have to be this complex thing. Prayer could be simple. It's talking to God like he's a friend, like he's a father, he's a mother. A brother, somebody who's close to you. So you can, you can pray in the morning when you're eating breakfast, eating your favorite cereal, Captain Crunch, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, all the good ones. You can say, thank you for this food. Thank you for all that you've done. Amen. You can pray at night right before bed. You can pray in the morning when you wake up. You can pray while you're doing your chores. You can pray anytime. Pray while you're doing your homework. You can pray to God, hey, I'm having this test kind of nervous about it. I pray, Lord, that you give me wisdom and lead me into it. There's all sorts of things you can pray for. And when you begin each day with prayer and reading God's word, you remain joined to Jesus. That is exactly how he intended it. So doing these things sets your life on the strongest, sturdiest, and widest foundation there is, which is God's love. And that's the big idea for today. God's love is a firm foundation. Thank you very much. Said I'm not being rude. I ain't making him clean it up himself because it's part of his competition to set up and break down time too. So he helps him remember how long he's got to set up and break down. Uh, Grace and Gavin, if you guys want to come on up and prepare. Thank you, Luke. Fantastic job, sir. So they got about, about two minutes to set up, and then they do their message, and they fire five minutes, and then they have two minutes to break down. So I don't know if you guys have ever spoken in front of people that you know, but sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. I was telling Pastor Tony this morning, I have to believe that's why Jesus, you know, went off because he wasn't as accepted in his hometown. So I appreciate you guys giving our students the opportunity to minister to you and to share what they're doing for God in front of you first because a lot of times it's very hard to do that in front of people you know. So it's up to you, man. Hi, my name is Gavin, and I'm going to be singing Lord's and Revival by Hillsong Young and Free. Mm-hmm. 
All right, we got one more for you guys before we get transitioned here. So Luke is getting ready to speak a short sermon, and uh, he's got this one. God's laid on his heart. He's laid it, done it several times over, and he's practiced up and ready to speak with you guys today. So please be receptive, as I believe he's anointed of the Lord to share with you guys this day. Thank you, JP. Alrighty. Again, as routine, my name is Luke Garrett, and the title of my sermon is "The Power of Love and a Sound Mind from Our King." So I think most of us can agree that 2020, or last year, wasn't the best. From the bushfires that spread across California and Australia to the COVID-19 pandemic, it definitely threw a lot at us. And, but through it all, I know that God was faithful. We all know that God was faithful. And we can see the results of that and the proof of that here today. So Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not depend on your understanding. See, this verse here is portraying what God is trying to reassure us with, that his ways are better, his understanding is higher than our own. And that his timing that he has for us, and his timing that he wills is perfect. And we must trust in him with all of our hearts. It doesn't say trust in him half-heartedly. It doesn't say trust in him with a little bit. Trust in him, trust in him to says, trust in him with all of your heart, with all that you are. We must not rely on anything less than Jesus Christ, for there is none holy like the Lord, and there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. That was 1 Samuel 2, verse 2. There is none like our God. We know that the God that we serve is holy. He is an everlasting God who does not cast a shifting shadow. He cares for and nourishes his children, and he does not lead them astray. He does not abandon them. He is constant. And in John 10, verse 14, Jesus says this about himself. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own they know me. The Lord is our shepherd. He gives us strength. And since God is a constant, since God is that constant for us, we cannot, well, we can, we can depend on him. We cannot depend on ourselves. And because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, humans became sinful. And since then, we have become unconstant. We're inconsistent. We're, we're, we, um, we have, we're naturally sinful. Since we are imperfect and cannot be the constant that God is, we must put all of our trust, faith, and set all of our hope on our, on our Lord. And because of the good and the pleasing and perfect characteristics of our Lord, he has given us every reason to depend on him and serve him. And see here, 2 Peter verses 1 through 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. See, this verse is saying that we have been fully equipped and divinely called to a life lived in humble surrender to our King. A life of godliness and righteousness lived in surrender to the Lord's purposes. Peter is saying that all we need to live out the life he's called us to is already right in front of us. We have the word of God. We have prayer at our right hand. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and giving us life, giving us the power that we need to minister to others, to reach the lost for his glory. Life is found in Jesus, and the truthfulness of life, it's not found in anything this world can offer. It's not found in what we look for, what we seek after what our sinful desires try to, try to gratify our pleasures with. It is found in our Lord and our Savior. 
our Redeemer, our Lord, our Rock. He is, our, he is life. He is our life. Through His death, through His resurrection, we are free from the power of sin and death. We are free to live the life that He has willed us to, that He has called us to. But how do we do this? The good news is we don't run this race called life alone. Jesus Christ alone is our rock, will guide us, and he will lead us continually as our cornerstone. And just as Isaiah 58 verse 11 promises here, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And it is through devoting ourselves to the reading of his word, committing our time to prayer. And as Hebrew 10, Hebrews 10 verses 24 encourages us, serving others in love and valuing those around us is more significant than ourselves. It is through those things that we fulfill God's desires for our lives. The Holy Spirit will lead us wherever God has called us. So if we're in fear that we have been called to ministry, we have been called somewhere, but we don't see the path he's laid out for us. We may not see the path he's laid out for us. We can be confident in this, that the Holy Spirit will lead us when we are blind. He will lead us when we may not see the path in front of us. When we may see no hope, or we may have no hope, the Holy Spirit will give us that hope we need. And as I close, my prayer is this, that the Lord may guide us continually as we commit ourselves to him, that our hearts may be set firmly on his kingdom and our eyes look to the Lord continually. That our lives would be living sacrifices for the Lord, marked by humble service, faithful ministering, and wholehearted devotion to him and those around us. And as each of us live our lives for his honor and for his glory, the whole world may come to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Thank you. All right, uh, Rachel, Gavin, Luke, if y'all would stand up, I'm gonna watch. I'll make y'all come up here and get Grace. You can stand up too, please. You're gonna be going along with us. Um, if you would, I just wanted you to extend your hands out. We're gonna pray for these students as they're getting ready to go and be an accompaniment as Grace is doing for Gavin. That God would just give them peace because this is a, it's a big thing. It's a it's a massive conference center. There's gonna be thousands, literally thousands of people here doing just the same thing, and and it can be very nerve wracking getting up there and and performing or doing your ministry art in front of a group of people, especially when you know they're staring at you at a table judging you or critiquing you on your talents and skill sets. If you would, just reach your hand forward. Let's pray for these students they get ready to go and do what God's called them to do. God, I pray for these students, God, right now. God, over Rachel and over Gavin, over Luke, and God, as grace could come to you, God, that your peace would be upon them, God. God, that your Holy Spirit, your power would be upon them, Father God, as they get ready to speak and sing and show off your talents, God, that you have blessed them with, God. That they are being faithful, God, with the skill sets you have given them, God. God, that you would multiply them. That you would bless them, Father God. And that, God, that you would work in each and every one of their lives and continue to carry them forward as they use their talents for you, Father God. Draw them together, God. Draw them closer to you, Father God. That they may serve you for the remainder of their days, God and use their talents and their skill sets for you, God, that you may be glorified in every area of their lives. And we pray this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for letting our students 
practice their talents for you today. And thank you. Please keep them in prayer as they go on this week and they use their skill sets for you. And as they go forward, as they, as they are called of God, many of them to go forward into the ministries that they're practicing today. Amen. Come on, let's give them another hand clap. Of, amen. So proud of our youth, our, our youth ministry. Uh, Pastor JP, Pastor Jenny, and their team are working diligently uh, to groom these kids and to reprogram them from the way you guys have programmed them as their parents. I wasn't being funny, but anyways, so good to see you this morning, church. Good morning, and welcome everybody who may be watching us online this morning. Let's welcome them this morning. Can you help me welcome those? So glad that you are with us this morning here at Bear Creek Assembly of God, and we have changed up the format a little bit, so I just felt like after talking with Pastor JP and and having the, the young people come up and minister that... I, I want to go into the message, if that's okay with you guys. That this tone's already been set. We're going to worship the Lord. It, I don't want to make any promises that it's going to be a brief message, but it is, it's intended to be brief a little bit. Um, but I just want to give you guys some thoughts today on communion. So if you've not received your elements, if you're watching online and you want to partake of communion with us uh, at the end of the service after worship, let me encourage you to quickly get up and, and go to the kitchen. If you're watching online, for y'all here, our ushers, our greeting, our, our hospitality, team has those. If you need them, you can raise your hand and somebody will bring. We have a few in here. They're coming, so just hold hold there. If I could give uh, our young people that are participating um, this week at Fine Arts, by the way, Sherry and I will also be going down there tomorrow evening for general counsel and to support our kids. If there's anything I, I, I would say, in particular those who are doing a public presentation, if you don't know it, it's not easy to get up in front of you. It's not. It's nerve-wracking at times, and it's not because we don't have the Spirit living within us. It's not that we don't have the confidence and the boldness because we know we have the Holy Spirit. It's just because we know you're judging us. Right? And actually, they're going down to be graded or to be judged. So there is a little pressure in that. But I want to encourage you three that are doing a presentation in front of a live group that you're not going down there to impress anybody. You're not going down there to get a grade. You're going down there to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? And that's what's most important. You are a, pro, you are a work in progress. Uh, and, and Luke, for you, for your kids' ministry, since, you know, I do have 20-something years of ministry, and this is what I do every Sunday. I just pretend that the adults are kids. Because I'll be honest with you, you playing with those blocks. I'm ready to come up there and join you in playing with those blocks. Because, you know, we are still kids at heart. But uh, just go down there and just enjoy yourself, relax, and do your best for the glory of God, and, and let the rest take care of itself. Well, turn with your Bibles with me to begin with in Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Lord, we, we have already lifted you up. Lord, we are here to celebrate you. We're here to devote this time to worshiping you, Father, to, to engage you, Lord. I'm thankful, Father, that your word says where two or three gather, you manifest your presence, God. And, Lord, you are here. And so, Lord, I pray for the next few moments before we go into worship, Lord, that you give me the freedom to speak. But, Lord, just as importantly, God, as you anoint the words you've given me, Father, you give them the ears to hear today. God, this is a, this is a, it's a, it's a shallow look at a very deep, deep reality that we have today in our lives. And, Lord, I just pray, God, that we, we cast off any restraints. We bring our thoughts into captivity. And God, you help us to not just retain what you're about to say, but Lord, to apply it to our lives. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Psalms 23. Today, to prepare us for a time of communion, we didn't have it last week. I had several people say, Pastor, and I love it when you guys realize that we don't have communion. Um, because I know that means, and don't take this personal, I know to those folks it really is important, and it is important to me. If anything you've learned in the 12 years that I have been your pastor is that communion is very special to me. And so last week with having a guest, guest, guest speaker, and man, did, did Corey not bless our socks last week? What a powerful, powerful man. Give God praise. I know he would appreciate that. Uh, I just didn't want to just go through the routine of, okay, it's also Communion Sunday. I don't always preach on Communion on Communion Sunday, but I really wanted to address it today, and we put it off a week. And I want us to look at Communion, and in particular, we're going to look at Psalms 23, and we're going to look a little bit at the Passover meal that God instituted um, with Israel when he, when he was preparing to bring them out of bondage, bring them out of Egypt. Now, what you may not be aware of, and, and the fact, in fact, that we're going to look at the power. That's the title of the message, the power. There is power in communion. And you may not be aware of it, but Psalms 22 and Psalms 23 are what we would call, you might call them prophetic psalms, but they're definitely another term, maybe foreshadowing psalms. We're not going to look specifically at Psalms 22, but if you were to go back, and I hope you do at your own time, and you were to read Psalms 22, what you're going to see is you're going to see in there the suffering and the emotional agony that Jesus went through in his life before going to the cross. It's a very powerful foreshadowing. It even begins with those words that Jesus said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, it begins there, and as, as the psalmist goes on, he describes the agony he's feeling. He's, 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 his bones are being disjointed. He's being poured out like water. His heart is being vexed. It talks about how his hands and his feet are being pierced and how his garments are being uh, separated or, or sold or, or lots being cast for. You, you see it in Psalm 22. It's a powerful psalm of the foreshadowing of what was to come through Messiah, through Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God. And then it ends with people turning to him and worshiping him as king. I mean, that's the life of Jesus. I mean, right there in its nutshell, it's a beautiful psalm. All right, But when you go on to Psalm 23, you see the foreshadowing or the prophetic message of the benefits from those who follow the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It's neat that Luke even refer to that, God being the shepherd. And it talks about those who follow, the benefits of those who follow the shepherd. And to put it in the New Testament vernacular, for those who follow Christ today. If, if those two psalms were foreshadowing of Jesus' life and then the benefits of his resurrection, Psalms 23 is the benefit of his resurrection, and when we look at that, we, we, we have to see the benefit in this. And that's what I want us to do. I want us to read through Psalms 23. It's not a very long psalm. And, and then from there, I want us to talk a few minutes about communion. And we'll flip back and forth between this and the Passover and, of course, the Lord's Supper as we do. So you've got to pay attention here this morning. I don't have a lot of notes, uh, just a thought more than anything. But I think it pertains to us very much so today. So it begins, the Lord is what? He is my shepherd. I shall not want or I will not lack anything. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness. And I love to hesitate there. Not for my name's sake, but for his name's sake, even though I walk, even though those paths lead me through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For why? For you are 
with me. You never leave me. You never forsake me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They protect me. They provide for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence. You prepare a table for me. For me. And we're in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'm, this isn't a preaching point, but you've got to look at this life psalm. The, the goodness and the mercies of God will follow you all the days long. If you fall under the leadership of the good shepherd, if you are a follower of Christ, to put it in the New Testament terms, it, it's that, that idea that these blessings, these benefits, don't come to me just one time. They come to me throughout my entire life as I walk, as I follow the good shepherd, the great shepherd, my Lord and Savior. And eventually, although I may live in his dwelling place now, eventually I will forever dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. That is a, I, I could sit right there and just preach, just, I mean, not even talk about communion. What a powerful life psalm that we have. But what I want us to focus on this morning is that verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. If this is truly a foreshadowing, Psalms 22, of the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, and Psalms 23 truly is the foreshadowing of the life that we can have together today as believers, then it's my point, it's my point to discuss here this morning, what I'm trying to show to you this morning, that that table that he prepared for us is the foreshadowing of the Lord's table. It's a foreshadowing of the Lord's meal. The Scripture is looking forward and speaking to the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. This table is the result of the benefits of what happened in Psalms 22. They go hand in hand together. Now, not only is this meal that we celebrate under the New Testament a reflection of Psalms 23. And by the way, I want you to do this. If you have your communion elements, I want you to hold them in your hands while I preach this message this morning. Because I'm going to refer to this, this meal. This is a meal. Get that in your head today. This is, this is a meal today. We're about to partake. So, it, it, so it, this 23rd Psalm reflects that. But so does the Passover meal in the Old Testament. When God was preparing the Israelites to be delivered, to be taken out of the bondage of Egypt, He instructed them the last plague was the, the death angel was going to come and take the firstborn of every male in every household and the firstborn male of every animal in every household. And, and, and so the Lord says, listen, before this last plague comes, I'm going to make a way out for you. And I'm going to, I want you to, to prepare this meal, eat this meal. And when this meal, guess what was included in this meal? It was based around a lamb. A lamb. Okay? And this lamb, when they, if they obeyed the Lord, then the Lord would deliver them. He would deliver them from death. But he'd also deliver them in, in healing. He would give them healing. He would also give them provision through this meal. It would give them strength. It, it, and it would, would go and cover the whole household. Why? Because there was power in that Passover meal. There is power in this meal today. You have to grasp that. You're going to hear me say that over and over and over. This is not a ritual. This is not something that we just go through the motions on. It's not something that we just say, oh yeah, but thank you Lord, I remember that you died for me. There is power. There is power to be realized today when we eat this meal together. 
God then instructed the Israelites to make the Passover, or make this Passover meal into an annual feast. You can read this in Exodus if you want to. Uh, and, and, and the annual meal was to be a reminder of what God had done for them and what he had promised he would continue to do for them. That's what this meal, that's why after he did it, he said, you're going to do this every year. At the same time, and you're going to teach your kids what this meal means to them because not only did it have meaning back here when you was in Egypt, it will have meaning that day when you are eating it together as a family and it will into the future because it's still my promise of healing, of provision, of protection, of life after death. Or, or escape from death, however you want to phrase it. I mean, you move forward to the night that Jesus portrayed when he sat down to take the Passover meal, the Seder meal. He took it and he instituted what we call today as the Lord's Supper. We call it communion. It's about communing with one another, but it's also about communing with God. Or it's also in the fact that, as Paul says, we share in his sufferings when we do this. We remember what he did for us. And yes, it's celebratory, but also it's, it's also very solemn because we, we're sharing in his suffering when we do this. It has power. And that's the point. If the Old Testament Passover meal had the kind of power that it had for the Israelites four or 5,000 years ago, how much more does this meal today have? How much more power does this meal have for us today? Would you think about that? If it doesn't, then you've missed the point of this meal that we partake once a month together. Now, as you look back at Psalms 23, you will notice that the psalm is centered around a shepherd. Luke, you and I are on the same page today. And there it implies what? If there's a shepherd, there must be sheep. He's a shepherd of what? He is a shepherd of sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes, he was David's shepherd, but you have to read yourself into that psalm. You have to make it personal. You have to make ownership of it. He, Jesus is my, Tony T's shepherd. He is my great shepherd. And he is that great shepherd that restores, he leads, he protects, and he heals me just like he can you. Then you come to that verse 5 again. I can't get away from it. And it tells us that the shepherd prepares a table for what? He prepares the table for his sheep in the presence of the sheep's enemies. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, the great shepherd is preparing the meal while the sheep are watching. It's as if the sheep are gathering around here this morning and through the Holy Spirit, God has prepared a meal for you today through the Word. And I am representing the great shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. And He's prepared it for you to come and partake. It is the same way in the Psalms 23. The shepherd is preparing the meal for his sheep. Without the shepherd, there's no meal. This meal surround, it surrounds, uh, surrounds the idea that Jesus is the meal. Matter of fact, he even said that you have to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He didn't mean literally as a cannibal. He's talking about you have to literally take in what he was about to do then and what he has done past tense for us. He, he, without him, there is no meal. He is the meal. We have to grasp that concept today. And because of that, there is power in this meal. When you humble your heart and take communion, God is drawn to us. 
I love the fact that the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his, he's in our midst. We gather in his name. He want, it means he manifests his presence. The reason why God shows up and moves and we have gifts of operation and healings is because God shows up in this room. He manifests his presence. But can I tell you something? God also manifests his presence when we take communion together. When we eat this meal together, whether it's by yourself at home, whether it's with your family once a year, like at Thanksgiving or Christmas like we do or whether it's at that Sunday that we do it together you have to understand that God manifests himself through this wafer and through this juice because it's representative of his body and his blood he shows up when you eat this he's in this the power of this meal that we don't realize today think back this isn't in my notes so I guess I am going to preach a little bit today I think back to how Paul was correcting the Corinthians and how some of them came to, to t- partake of the Passover, or the, excuse me, the communion together, Lord's table, and they took it lightly and they came and they were, they were gathered off in their groups and, and, and some of them even got sick because they took it unworthy. There should be power in this meal. The reason why that wasn't because they weren't taking it seriously. God could not manifest His presence when they took it. He could not bring them healing because they weren't doing it with a humble heart, with a sincere heart of honor and remembering and, and, and realizing the power. They took, it, they took it for granted. It became a ritual. It became a religious act. We dare not take it as a religious act. There's power in this meal. When we take communion, we can actually feel Him in our presence. And it's more than just an emotion. When I take communion, I know He's in my presence. When we enter into communion with a full understanding of what we are doing, God shows up because there's power in this meal. Don't take lightly the fact that this meal in Psalms 23 is prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. The enemies of a sheep is anything that could kill that sheep. The enemy to a sheep is anything that can bring harm to that sheep, you see. So what are our, as sheep today, what are our enemies today? We know, it's very clear. Can I tell you something? It's death, it's sin, it's the grave. We think, this, we think it's sickness, we think it's hardship, we think it's going without, we think all of this is the enemy. The reality is that is not the enemy of the sheep. Satan is the enemy and the only control, the only power, the only way he can affect us is through death, through sin, through the grave. But what Jesus came and did, he says, I, I am preparing a meal for you and this meal, when you partake of it, it's going to conquer sin, it's going to conquer the grave, just like I resurrected, so one day will you be resurrected so he in other words the enemies have been defeated because of what the shepherd has done oh church we 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 dare not take this lightly first corinthians 15 53 says death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is your victory oh death where is your sting The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Also notice at this table in Psalms 23, it says, You anointed my head with oil. 
This is a reference to the healing, the oil. that the, uh, When a, a sheep would bump its nose or, or hit its head or go through the briars, it would get scratches on it and infection, but also the bugs would come. And, and so the, the, he would anoint their, to, for the healing of the scratches and the scars that they would have. And, and what does this do? This, this, this speaks to the anointing, uh, the healing that we get from this meal. Psalms 105, 37, written about the Israelites leaving Egypt, says, Then he, bought, he brought us out of Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. The KJV, King James Version says, that were feeble. That's the restoration in Psalms 23 that we speak, he restores my soul, is realized in this meal. It's realized in this meal. Over a million people leave Egypt and they're strong and healthy. They're, we don't think about that concept, but think about it. We, we see the, you know, it's funny. I was watching the, the Ten Commandments many years ago that comes on every year at Easter. And as they're leaving Egypt, they show them the, the, they show the they're carrying old people and, they're, and, they're, and they've got carts with the lame. And can I tell you, that's not biblical. Now, in our mind, we think that, but when they partook of that meal, that meal was supposed to give them strength. It was to give them healing. Because why? They were about to leave bondage and go and, and, and meet God. And he says, I'm going to healthy. Matter of fact, I want you so healthy that the plunder, that the gold and the silver, the Egyptians are going to want you out of their lives so bad, they're going to give you all of this for, to take. You have to be strong. You say, Pastor, you don't know that. Oh, I'm very confident of that. They weren't sick. They weren't feeble. God, through that meal, supernaturally brought healing to them, brought strength to them. And that's what this is talking about. We know from Isaiah 53, 5, it tells us, with his wounds we are healed. The bread that we eat represents the body of Christ. We know that it was broken for our healing. It's there in Psalms 23, plain and simple. We see it in the Passover meal. And so it is with the Lord's Supper. There's power in this meal. Power in this meal. Notice also in Psalms 23 that there is a cup. It says, my cup overfloweth. In the New Testament as well as today, we have the cup or the juice of wine of whatever you may partake. And it represents what? The blood of Jesus. What does that blood represent? I want you to grasp this here today. We know that that blood, it represents his love for us. That blood represents the forgiveness that he extends to us. That blood represents the grace he continues to give to us. That blood represents the mercy that he extends to us. My cup overflows, meaning there is no limit to these things in Christ. My cup overfloweth with the love of God. My cup overfloweth with the forgiveness, the mercies, and the grace of my Lord and Savior. The point I'm trying to take this morning is as we partake of this meal in just a few moments, there's something in you that should, your faith should be activated. Do you hear me this morning, church? Your faith, it needs to be activated. It activates all the promises of God because there's power in this meal. If you were to look back at the Passover meal, back in Exodus chapter 23, you would see that as God instituted it to be done over and over again, with it came some blessings. God says, if you will do this when you take this meal, if you will do this, if you will remember this, He says, I will assign an angel to you. 
He has given his angels charge over us. We know that from the New Testament. It actually began with this Passover meal. He said my, he would be, he would, God will be an enemy to your enemies. He said that God said that he will meet your needs. He said he would take away your sickness away from you. He said he would bless you. You would be fruitful. He goes on to say he will give you a long life. He said he would cause an increase in your life. There were seven blessings in that Passover. And we can see the seven blessings within Psalms 23. And Jesus made that a reality when he took this, that meal and made it into communion and died on the cross and rose again for us. power in that meal think about what God instructed the Israelites to do to prepare for the Passover meal I love this you know you probably have heard this before but I think we need to reflect he told them what that lamb that's supposed to be the center of the meal he said slaughter that slaughter that animal he said and I want you to take the blood and I want you to put the blood over the doorpost I want you to get the picture of that that door, that entry, that threshold into that family, that threshold into that home was covered in the blood. It was covered in the blood. There was, there was power in that. And when they did that, then the death angel, that death angel would not have God's permission. It was God's angel. It wasn't Satan. It was, it was God's angels, one of his angels. And, and, and because of that, he said, if you see the blood over the doorpost, you are not to enter into that home and you are not to bring death to that home. Because of what? The, the blood of the lamb. Can I tell you something? If the death angel can't cross the bloodline, Satan can't cross the bloodline. So when we, when we eat this meal, we need to remind it. It's almost as if there's a reapplication. It's not that you get saved again, but it's a reminder of what Jesus has done. And it's a reapplication of the blood of Christ over you again. And I don't know how many of y'all have been praying this lately, but I've been praying when I pray for you, when I pray for my family, when I pray for those who are sick. I'm telling you right now, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over you. Because there's power in that blood. Sickness cannot cross that bloodline. Death cannot cross that bloodline. Do you hear me today, church? There's power in this meal. Supernatural power. God also instructed the people to eat the lamb at the Passover meal. And he said to eat all of it. Listen to what he says in Exodus 12, 8 and 9. He says, They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted it on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs and herbs, and they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. To us today, that sounds a little strange. So that's, that's, that's kind of weird, but this is what, G, what God instructed the Israelites to do. They were to consume all of it, not just part of it. Matter of fact, if there's any leftover, they were supposed to burn it. They weren't even supposed to keep it, but God's intention was, this is going to give you healing, it's going to give you deliverance, it's going to give you strength, you're going to need it for what you're about to go up against, what I'm about to bless you with, you're going to need the strength to do it. And he says, I want you to eat all of it. I want you to be full of the Lamb. Completely full. And when I think about this, I think about those who acknowledge Jesus as Savior, but truly haven't taken Him on as Lord. You may not know this, but Savior is found only 33 times in the Bible. But Lord is found over 400 times 
in the Bible. And if you're here this morning and you're wondering, what's the difference between Savior and Lord? Savior is just that. When you receive Him as Christ, what does He do? He saves you from your sins and you have eternal life. But that's not making Him Lord. Lord means now I am, I am submitting, I am bending my knee to you as Lord over my life. For you to Lord over me. For you to be in charge over me. I've been preaching that through this disciple series for the last six weeks. It's about bending the knee and surrendering your heart. In other words, we have to take all of Him in. You want the blessings of the Lord, if you want the promises of God, if you want to realize the power of this meal, you have to eat all of Him. You have to take yourself, all of Him, into you. You don't get to pick and choose the parts of being a Christian. You don't get to choose the bits and parts that you like and not eat the parts that you don't like. You've got to take all of it. If you're going to surrender your life to Jesus, then surrender it fully. Give Him a Lordship over every area of your life, your private life, your public life. I'm talking about your home, your business, your family, your relationships. We have to take him. Why? Because there's power. The only way that we can realize the power is submitting and surrendering to the lordship of Jesus. It was, he didn't just come to save us. He came to be that Passover meal for us. See? He has to be your lord. You have to walk in obedience to his word. You have to walk in obedience to his plans he has for your life. You have, to, you have to want the people he wants in your life and the ones that he doesn't want in your life. You don't need them in your life. Can I tell you that? I'm church, church folks, we have some very unhealthy soul ties in our lives. Do you know that? We are tying ourselves emotionally to people who are unsaved. And you may be doing it in good intentions to try to reach them for the kingdom. That's fine. But you need to be careful how close you allow them to enter your life and what kind of influence in your life. Because they're, they're going to bring you down. You say, well, pastor, are you sure it's not very positive? I'm positive then. They're going to bring you down. You have to break those unhealthy soul ties in your life. When he shuts the door, you can't fight to open it. And when he opens the door, you have to have the faith to step into that door. You have to commit every area of your life to him and trust him with every area of your life. Your children, your spouse, your business, your finances, your health, your retirement, your future. It's a trust walk. There's a lot of uncertainties in the world today that we're facing. There's no doubt about it. This virus just isn't killing people, but it's, it's, it's just destroying our economy. It's destroying the unity in our nation. You, 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 trust Him. Trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways. Seek Him first. Put Him first. Acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. And then He will be the, the shepherd that can restore your soul. He's going to lead you by the still water. He's going to make you lay down and rest when you need to. And when He's ready for you to get up, He's going to lead you down paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yes, it does take us through the valley of the shadow of death. But on the other side of that valley, He has prepared a table before your very enemies. Come on, church. We have to realize the power in this meal today. This meal is not called the Savior's Supper. It's called the Lord's Supper. 
I heard someone say that not too long ago. I don't want just salvation. I want his healing. It's in this meal. I want his provision. It's in this meal. I want his guidance. It's in this meal. I want his deliverance. It's in this meal. I want his blessings. It's found in this meal today. And I don't want just bits and pieces of it. I want all of him. I want everything I can get in Christ. You say that's being selfish, but that's godly selfishness. And yes, it is for my benefit. If he provides it for me, why not? Hey, I'm 55 now. I'm going to start taking advantage of the benefit of being 55 when I go out to the restaurant. Yes, I am a senior citizen. What's wrong with that? Is that selfishness? No, it's not selfishness. It's taking advantage of a blessing that I have, an opportunity. All right. Y'all looking at me down your nose like, boy, you're being selfish. No, no. The fact of the matter, if I don't place myself under his lordship, then I don't have any of these blessings and provisions. Now, as we approach, I'm going to invite the praise team up. We're going to, we're going to have a time of worship. I know, I know. He's like, wow, Pastor, this is really different. I really wanted this. I, I, I really felt in my spirit that God ordained it to be this way. Because if we go to worship this morning, I know many of you are carrying heavy burdens. We got a lot. We're going to pray for some sick folks here right before we take communion at the end and some needs in our church. But as we worship and we listen to these words, I don't recall the songs they picked out. It doesn't matter. God ordains it. I know He anoints it. And as we sing, I want you to think about this, the words that we're singing because this, this, this today is really about Him. And like I said, I know you're coming with burdens. You're coming with cares. You're coming with worries. And yes, this is the place you can leave them. You can. There's healing in the house today. Why? The shepherd's here. He'll anoint your head. But I also want us to realize it's about focusing on Him. Just gather around the shepherd this morning. We're gathering around the table to eat a meal with the shepherd today. He's, he's already prepared it for us. And I want us to just, just, to, just to worship Him with abandonment. And as we do, as we prepare to take communion, we dare not take it out of routine today. We must always partake with a fresh appreciation. Never allowing this time to become boring, ritualistic, common, or religious. It should never be taken without full revelation of what is involved in this meal because there is power today in this meal. Amen, church? Let's worship today.
I was wondering this morning as we I was sitting over there drove him to my knees just knowing that God loved me so much next Sunday I'm going to be preaching on love so it's kind of fresh on my mind but I don't think we fully grasp what that really means the love of God I want to encourage you this morning right now in fact, if you're here this morning and you feel the spirit of draw, God draw you into a relationship with him that means that right now you're not a believer you're not a follower you've not committed and you would like to I, this is the time this is the place now is the hour you'd like to do that this morning if you if if you're feeling that tug in your heart and you're wondering what it is it's the love of God he loves you so much he doesn't want you to perish he doesn't want you to go without realizing the benefits and the power of the meal that we're about to partake together of that's you this morning you'd like to come down for prayer you'd like to receive Christ will you make that move right now quickly anybody in the house I just there is such a healing, encouraging, loving presence of the Spirit of God in here today. And I know that He's drawing us closer to Him. Wherever you are in that number line, in your walk with God, He's drawing you closer to Him right now. But if you might have made that decision, will you come this morning? Let us pray for you. Anybody in the house this morning? Father God, right now, Holy Spirit, Purge, poke, prod. Invade our lives right now. Holy Spirit, invade our thoughts, our minds, our secret places, Father. Right now, allow your Spirit to come and to evaluate, to, to Father, to, to judge, if you would, Lord, to, to bring enlightenment, God, in the areas of every one of us, God, in our lives that we have not turned over to the Lordship of Jesus. God, those things that we think that no one else knows we're thinking, those things, God, we do when nobody else is looking. God, those areas that we know are not right, God, right now, Lord, may we subject them, submit them to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, God. Help us, Father, today to say no to sin, say no to the past, say no to lust of the flesh, God, and say yes to your Lordship today because, Father, it's only then do we really, truly benefit God from this meal that we're about to partake God help us all to take our relationship beyond just allowing Jesus to be our Savior I'm thankful that he saved me from my sins I'm thankful he has saved me unto eternity oh I'm thankful but Lord I want him to be my Lord and Savior I want him to have control over every area of my life because when I do then I don't have any needs I have no fears nothing I give him, I give him, I subject my fears to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Come on, church, right now. If you're living in fear, subject your fear to the Lord. Let him have your fear because they're not of him, they're of the devil. It's how the devil is controlling you right now. It's how he's suppressing you right now. It's how, how he has given you fear and you're living in darkness and you're isolating yourself. And, and that's just what the enemy wants because all he wants to do is kill, steal, and destroy your life. Father, I subject my fears to the Lordship of Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus.
I have no needs. I have no fears, God. I have no, th- Lord, I am completely yours. And I know that you're taking care of me, Lord. And Lord, I know as we're about to partake of this communion, Father, we're going to realize the power in this meal today, Lord, that you have taken the blinders off of our understanding, God. I believe in some way to a deeper, deeper knowledge of what this meal is about. God, as we do, Lord, I'm believing in miracles here today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Y'all just stay right where you're at, okay? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writing to the church in Corinth. We're pretty familiar with this verse. He says, For I received from the Lord that what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, I want you to know what Jesus is saying. Paul is quoting Jesus here. This is my body. This is not a wafer. It's not a piece of bread. He took the bread and said, Now this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes it says to remember in remembrance of me this meal is to invoke memories for us obviously is to provoke or invoke the memories that what Jesus our Lord and Savior did on Calvary in the grave and when he rose again The price that He paid for our salvation. The price that He paid for our freedom. The price that He paid for our healing. Obviously. But you know what this also does? This meal also provokes or invokes my memory of my sin. I can't help but look at this and see why Jesus had to die. He had to die. And it reminds me of how helpless I was. It reminds me of how lost I was. It helps me remind me how blind I was to my state. How low I was. How messed up I was. I remember my sin when I take this. Not that it's held against me. But to remind me that's who I was and not who I am. It reminds me the cost. Why he did what he did. But because of Calvary, because of the blood of the Lamb, my friends, the burden of sin and guilt have been thrown away. They've been cast off me and you. But I dare not forget. I dare not shun those memories because they're there to remind me of what my Lord and Savior went through for my Savior, for my healing, for my provision. As we go to the Lord and press this meal together, we got a lot of needs in our church. If you need special prayer, then obviously when we partake, come up and we'll pray for you. But I believe your healing is in this meal today. There's power in this meal today. We need to be praying for Vicki Lee as she recovered from COVID. We need to be praying for Cody Miles today. He's down in his back. He hurt his back and he's down in the bed. We need to be praying for Jody and Michelle Haney. They're sick in their body with different things, but also their family is under an attack. We need to be praying for them. 
Virginia Bowen has been in the hospital with COVID. We need to be praying. Continue to pray. While I'm at it, if you have the church app, our church app, there's a prayer wall. We have people all over this country that are starting to post prayer requests. I need you to go in there and commit to pray for these people. Amen. Pray for them. Keith and Patricia Campbell texted me this morning. They're under the weather requesting prayer. Michelle Walker texted me this morning. She's sick and under the weather. Her sister has COVID. And we just need to enter in today and realize as we bless this bread that it's God, it's the body of Christ, and there's power of healing. There's power of deliverance in this today. But you have to have that faith today. Do not go through this ritualistic. Don't go through this going through the motion. When you take this, if you're sick in your body today, if you're watching by video today, by, by online, when you take that bread, whatever it is you're taking, it represents the body. You have to believe that today the power of Christ's broken body 2,000 years ago, the, the, the power that was in that, that, that table that the great shepherd made for the sheep, the power that was in that Passover meal that is in this today. Do you believe it? Church, do you believe it today? I'm trying to provoke your faith. This is to activate your faith in what the Word of God says. Father, we thank you so much for all, the, all that you have shown us today through your Word. As God, we've looked through the Passover, God, and the 23rd Psalm, Lord, and the Last Supper, God. I thank you, Lord, that you have put that in there for our benefit, even for today, God. And I thank you so much, Father, that you provide all that you say you provide for us, God, as we enact our faith in the power of this meal, Lord, as we remember. Now, God, there's many today who need healing, God, for Vicki Lee, Lord, for Cody Miles, for Jody and Michelle Haney, God. Father, Virginia Bowen, God, for Keith and Patricia, Father, for Michelle Walker and her sister, Lord, and for so many others, Lord, that are on our prayer wall, that's on our prayer list today, God. God, for Jerry Peoples, Lord, for his legs, God, touch him in healing, Lord. God, we're believing today as, as we take this, God, that the power of your healing rests in this today. And Lord, literally, as we partake of this bread, God, as it represents the body of Christ, I believe in that miraculously, instantaneously, Father, that our bodies, our minds, God, our emotions, Lord, are made healed today, made whole today, God. Thank you for the body. Thank you for the body of Christ, for the broken body. In Jesus' name, let us partake. Father, I thank you also for the blood. As Psalms 23 says, I know personally, God, that my cup overrunneth. God, my life overruns with your love, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, God, your provision, Lord, your direction, God, your wisdom, Lord. My cup overrunneth, Lord. I thank you that you prepared this meal for me thank you for that the fact that I can apply although I'm saved Lord I applied what this juice represents I applied the blood of Jesus over my life over my home over my family over my health God over my finances Lord over my friends God over the ministry that you have entrusted me with God I am I plead the blood of Christ over all these Lord I'm telling you Father because of the blood death cannot cross that threshold because of the blood Father the enemy cannot come in and steal what you have given me because of that Lord my steps are ordered of you Father God I trust you in that thank you for the blood of Jesus and the power there within there's power in this blood thank you for the remission of my sin the ultimate miracle that as I applied the blood to my life many years ago Lord my past my sins are under the blood I thank you God I thank you for that in Jesus name
Amen. Let us partake. He's here. Let him manifest himself in your life. Receive your healing. Receive your forgiveness. Come on, receive your forgiveness. God's forgiven you. Who are you not to forgive yourself? Come on, receive your forgiveness today. he loves us. Come on. He loves us.
thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.